And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. We've had a few tough years, so if there's ever been a time to make a comeback, now is it. But what does that truly mean? What is a comeback? And what can we do to make one today? Now, I'm entitling today's podcast, Making a Comeback. And to discuss this topic with me and share her story is my friend, Lonnie. Lonnie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's so great to have you. And we are going to really talk about a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, because we've been stuck in this big mode of, I guess I call it just blah. You know, the whole world is shut down, lockdowns. We've had people getting sick. We've had just all kinds of craziness happening and everybody is so down. I mean, it's time for people to start making that comeback. It's time for people to start rising above everything. I just wanted to share this with people out there and have somebody who has been through that and can maybe talk about comebacks. So I thought you were the perfect person. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to to talk about it. So I guess, where do you want me to start is the question? <laughs> well, that is a good question. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and how you got to where you are and maybe what your biggest comeback in life was? See, that's a tough question because it all just kind of goes in together. But hi, everyone. My name's Lonnie. I am a life coach for women. I work more specifically with moms who are struggling with confidence, maybe losing a little bit of weight, and they feel like they're, they're just doing everything that they can, but they're struggling. And so what I am here to do is to, one, help you realize that you can carry emotional weight physically. Oftentimes we have these emotional traumas and just different things that we've been through in our life and limiting beliefs. And that can manifest physically and no amount of dieting or running is going to help with that necessarily. Well, I shouldn't say help, but it's not going to fix it. Right. And so often we look for weight loss to fix ourselves when really you don't need to fix yourself. You need to come home to yourself. And then from there work on being the best person you can be. But the other reason why I love to work with moms is because I am a huge advocate of self-love and it's such a big part of the program that I work on with women. And my thing is, is kids don't listen, they watch. So when you're there saying, well, I want you to, you know, realize that you're amazing and you can do anything you want. It's like, okay, but mama, are you showing her that? So by helping moms learn to love themselves, it also impacts another generation. And it also just reduces the whole stress in the household. <laughs> I've had a lot of stories about that. Well, we definitely can use reducing a lot of stress. So I like the yeah. way you, you differentiated from just simply fixing something to mm -hmm. actually, you know, making that comeback and building something there. Because a lot of times we just put a Band-Aid on things, yep. you know, and when you talk about fitness, you know, that's why a lot of these 
diets out there. That's why I, I personally, I believe diets don't work. I mean, you have to Absolutely, change your lifestyle yeah. and uh, there's all these fad diets out there. People are going to try this, try that, you know, I, I'm not going to eat any carbs because carbs are like this, the, they're the naughty thing right now. Everybody's so I could never do that. I love I, mashed potatoes too much. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Bread, mashed potatoes, you know, I'm half Italian. So, you know, pasta, oh. I mean, come on. Oh, you, know? you can't give that up. No, no, no. But you have to adapt something that you can adapt for life. And it's mm -hmm. the same thing with exercising and routines. You know, you need to commit yourself to, you know, don't go join a gym that you're not going to go to because that's what happens with most people. They'll go join a gym. They'll say, oh, yeah, January 1st, I'm going to you know kick butt this year and I'm going to you know lose 20 pounds and I'm going to do this. And they sign up for this gym membership and gyms love it because they get the people that show up in January. But by mm -hmm. February, nope, nobody's going anymore. And they're still less cleaning, money. more money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So really, you know, people are trying to fix problems and they're not trying to uh, have the transformation. And Absolutely. as a coach, transformation is part of making a comeback. You need to make that transition in your life to go from point A to point B. A transition is like one step on a staircase, but a transformation is like when you make it all the way to the top. Absolutely great. And if you think about it in diet, there's the word die. In lifestyle, there's the word life. Oh, I, like I don't that. think that's really a coincidence. No. When you yeah, talk, talk about purposely or purposeful positive, hey, yes. that's pur purposeful and it's positive. It is. And I've always liked the old Garfield joke, diet is die with a T, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what you've been able to do since you've gotten into coaching and working with people and maybe some of the stories uh, behind either yourself and some of your clients, maybe there's somebody out there who's a little skeptical right now and says, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know. I don't really think I can, you know, I can change things that are going on. I'm just going to accept, you know, because that's another term we hear a lot, acceptance and acceptance is important. But the problem is you don't have to accept, you know, if somebody gave you in a restaurant, the food was just absolutely horrible, maybe undercooked, mushy, you know, you wouldn't accept that, right? Some you know, people unfortunately do. Right. You have to be able to live life on your terms. And I think part of uh, making a comeback is to realize that, you know, you're in charge of your life and you need to live it on your terms and make those changes in your life to get you going in the right direction. You know, we all love to have certainty in our life. And I think that is one of the biggest motivators that people have. They like things to be the same. But you know what? If we're living in, in junk, then certainty doesn't really mean anything because, you know, we don't want to be certain that it's going to be crappy. We want to be certain that it's going to get better. Absolutely. But our comfort levels, unfortunately, take over because to transform, you do need to have that, that level of, of comfort. But another thing with the acceptance, so like you get out of life, what you settle for, what you accept. Right. And so you may accept someone treating you like crap. So why can't you accept the fact that you're treating yourself like crap as well? Right. And we're, we're constantly beating our, ourselves up, but then we accept that. And then we accept other people treating us like crap. And then it's like, well, why am I so miserable? Hmm, I wonder why Karen. <laughs> so like part of my three-step process, um, which actually is a four-step, but I have a three-step process to self-love, accept, approve, admire. And where most people go wrong on their self-love journey is 
they just try to fix themselves. Like we talked about, whether it's, I'm just going to say the affirmations and eventually I'll feel better. Don't get me wrong. Affirmations are great, but unless you do the inner work to help them become more powerful, it's a band-aid. These, you know, things like happy coffee and these patches that are now all over the place. And, you know, this like brownie batter stuff, right? Like that's great if you want, you know, a little bit of a kickstart and stuff, but do you really want to be taking that the rest of your life? Because it's still a temporary fix, right? And you're trying to fix yourself because you're so uncomfortable in who you are. So it's like, you're running away from you. So the first thing is to figure out, okay, what are my limiting beliefs? What is the bad shit I say about myself? Can I swear on here? <laughs> is that sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what's the crap that I say about myself? What are my flaws? What are my strengths? And can I just accept that right now and know that I am still worthy of love? I am still enough because you can't self-hate your way to self-love. And that's what most people are doing. So acceptance is that, you know, that first step, but even before that, you need to become aware, aware that that's what you're doing, aware of you want better for yourself. Yeah. I just thought I'd I'd throw that out there, but in terms of um, some stories of clients, not everyone wants to lose weight. I just, you know, talk about that a lot because fitness was part of my journey. And a lot of people, you know, they, they do try to lose weight too love themselves. And I've been there. I've lost the weight and I still felt like crap. And then I gained it all back. And it wasn't until I did the inner work, did things truly start shifting. Um, And then I was able to lose the weight more easily than ever. So that's why, you know, I focus sometimes on, on weight loss, but it's really that inside out weight loss because where your mind and your body go, your, your butt or where your mind and your heart go, your body's going to follow. For some of my clients, I have had some who have wanted to lose weight and I've helped them, you know, change their vocabulary to to start shifting their mindset around things. We've dove deep into what are those traumas from the past. Like I've had a client who unfortunately was raped by someone very close to her and that caused a lot of trauma in her life. She also had, you know, abandonment issues. So when we started working through that, I went through a 12 week program with her and the first week I just set them up with, okay, let's start slowly implementing new habits and getting you used to the idea of shifting your mindset. Let's start slowly. The next few weeks are that deep inner work. And when I tell you the difference I saw from like week two to week four or five, and there was a lot of crying, but then all of a sudden I started getting selfies of like, I feel beautiful in my skin today. She put on a bikini and felt confident in her body for the first time. She started becoming more consistent with working out, you know, with her nutrition because she didn't have the stress causing these hormones, making her want to eat crap or just, you know, eat more than she needed to. Right. Because when we're stressed all the time, we have cortisol and it causes us to want to eat even more, even if we don't actually need it, even if we're not really hungry, we've all been there right? Where we just want to eat pizza, like at the end of the night after a really stressful day. And you're like, yeah, I'm not really hungry, but damn, that sounds good. Let's do it. (laughs) You know, I just had something similar to that. I play in a band and had a gig this weekend and I came home and I just was starving. I just wanted to eat. Well, that's a lot of energy though for you. So that's, that's different. And if you've seen me on stage, I expel a lot of energy. I'm all over. What do you play? Uh, I'm a bass player in the band, so I oh, play, that's awesome. We we play '80s and '90s rock, which is just it's a lot of fun. So we had a gig Saturday night, and it was a blast. But like I said, I expelled so much energy, and the place that we played 
their kitchen right now is closed because they can't find a cook, believe it or not. So it's uh, hard out there. Yeah, it's been happening all, all over the place. But I like what you said, where your mind and your heart go, your body is soon to follow. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really in every area. It's just not about necessarily fitness and weight loss. It's it's about how you feel in general. It's about your overall yeah. health. You know, if you focus on so much negativity and that's why, you know, I'm all about being purposely positive because, you know, there's so much negativity out there in the world. You go on social media, everything is negative. People are fighting with each other. People are arguing. Can I, can I argue on that for a second?Ure. Your social media is negative if you allow it to be, because whatever you start liking and following and all that, that's, what's going to start showing up. So same thing, like with women who struggle with body issues, this is something I, I go through with some people. I'm like, is your feed full of like these fitness people that you aspire to look like? Are you actually implementing what they teach you? Or are you just there beating yourself up that you don't look like that? And if that's the case, you need to start on following them, start following people of different body types. Yeah, that makes sense. And sometimes we don't want to unfriend people, but there is another button on social media called unfollow. So just because somebody's our friend, yes, I love it because, you know, we can unfollow them and they really don't know. We just don't have to see their negative posts all the time. I had to do that a lot during the election (laughs) because I was just like, I can't, I can't take like the angst and the anger behind these posts. Like I'm all for a healthy discussion. But there's a healthy discussion and then there's my way is right. Just shut up. You're wrong. And like, that's what I was seeing. And I'm like, okay, I'm follow. (laughs) But Lonnie, there's so many people that just making a comment on social media will change their entire mind, right? (laughs) Exactly. I know. How do more people not think alike these days? (laughs) Uh, It's crazy. So I'm going to shift a little bit here. There are so many books in the world written Mm -hmm. on Number one is how to lose weight. Number two, how to get rich or how to be successful. Or number three, how to find the love of your life. So how come we don't see, I mean, you figure there are millions of these books. So how come we don't see millions and millions of people walking around rich, skinny, and with their perfect partner? That's because it captures their imagination, but it doesn't capture them enough to go from imagination to implementation. And that's exactly what happens. And it's the same thing happens with affirmations. We talked about affirmations and we can say as many affirmations, you know, that we we want, but the problem is that our subconscious knows that we're full of crap. You know, when we're saying something that we truly don't believe, even if we Mm -hmm. say it over and over again, our, our subconscious is going, come on, let me give an example. I tend to not be a morning person. Hence, I have my coffee as we're recording this podcast. If I were to start doing affirmations, I'm a morning person. I'm a super morning person and start trying to get up, you know, at five o'clock in the morning every day now and wonder why isn't this working? Well, because my subconscious mind is going, yeah, okay, Tony, you're no morning person. If you could sleep till noon and stay up until two in the morning every day, you would do that. What are you, who are you trying to kid? But the thing is, I have you have to insert these two words, and there are two words that'll change your life until now. Because when you say, Oh, I love that. Until now, you can say, Hey, you know what? I've never been a morning person, or 
you know, I've never been a person who's been able to lose weight, or I've never been a person who's been able to go out and meet friends easily until now. And now I claim, that's the second word, claim. I claim these things that I've learned and these affirmations to change me for the positive and for the better and for the good of the world. And I like to insert that for the good of the world because it's not a selfish reason. It's about helping others too. But when you claim something, you know, when you have a claim to something, it means you, you own it. When you go to turn in your dry cleaning, let's say, they give you a claim ticket because it's your clothing. So you can go back, you turn the claim ticket and you get it back. So when I say I claim this, you're accepting ownership. So you're saying that until now, I was one way and now there's a change. And your subconscious will recognize that as you're making a change. And if you want to make a comeback, that's the first thing that you have to do is you have to be able to tell your subconscious that there's going to be a change here and let that happen. I absolutely freaking love that. I can't wait to like re-listen to this. <laughs> we'll listen to it for the first time, I guess, because this isn't tech. Like we're actively listening right now. But yeah, I absolutely love that. And another another thing too is like, instead of saying, I'm just going to use the body, for example, here, because a lot of people struggle with body issues and I feel like it's an easy enough example. Um, so instead of like, if you are self-conscious about your thighs, instead of like, I love my thighs, say, I accept my thighs. If you can't go into positive right away, go into neutral, at least have that stepping stone bridge. And I think that's so important, but I get what you're saying of the book or podcast, whatever it is, might not capture them enough to make that change. But I think even deeper than that, a lot of people don't feel that they're worthy of it. They're not actually worthy of living the life that they want. Um, and so one is a matter of, okay, how do I figure out, like, how do I learn to feel worthy, but also using the power of the feeling of regret. And that's what really made me change my life was, am I going to regret if I don't do this? Yeah. So. That's one of the things that I will tell people when I'm having conversations mm -hmm. with them, usually the initial coaching appointment that I have with someone, yeah. I tell them, where do you want to be? You know, where do you want to be a year from now? Where do you want to be 10 years from now? And then I say, well, now, if you don't make these changes, what happens? Mm -hmm. And it's very powerful because then they realize that, you know what, will I actually regret not making these changes? You know, will I regret not changing my job, not changing my relationship? You know, there's a lot of people out there that are settling and my, I was in a nine-year relationship. Oh boy. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of people settle because they think they can't get any better. But like you said, the first thing you got to do is decide that you're worth it. And mm -hmm. once you make that decision, you know, that's where the power comes from. And your why has to be big enough too, because um, the power behind your why, there are so many books on that, right? But sometimes it takes hearing it so many times or from different people to really sink in. And I'm like, I'm constantly binge watching self-development uh, videos and all that stuff to not only continue my myself, but also spread that with my clients and spread that with my clients. That did not sound right. Share that with my clients. <laughs> um, but Ed Milet is someone I've come across only recently, which 
it's a shame because he's absolutely amazing. I wish I found him sooner. Um, and I'm surprised that I didn't, but he told a story about how he, um, his arteries were just terrible and shot. And the doctor, instead of saying like, okay, so you have shit arteries, you need to do one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever. Um, and if you don't, you know, you could die. There's a difference between that and what his doctor did of capturing his emotion and going like, whoa, like, dude. And <laughs> Ed is immediately like, what, what is going on here? Because I've never seen these arteries, like these look so old for someone who's as young as you. And so immediately his attention is captured and he goes, do you have kids? He had a son at the time and he was like, okay, do you want to see him, you know, graduate high school, graduate college? And he's like, yeah, okay. Do you have a daughter? Yeah, I have one on the way. Well, are you okay with someone else walking her down the aisle? And like, who is going to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm fine. I'm just going to keep, you know, doing what I'm doing. The same thing. Right. And so because this doctor captured the attention and the emotion and those deep whys behind it, he changed his whole freaking life. That sounds a lot like Milton Erickson. He's basically kind of the grandfather of NLP. You know, everyone mm -hmm. has heard, you know, Richard Bandler and, and John Grinder, who actually, they're like the fathers of NLP. But a lot of their work is based upon the work of Milton Erickson. And what he did is very similar to what this doctor did. You know, he found where that person was, where his motivation came from. He found what his real true whys were in those areas. You know, that thing of him just giving birth or to a daughter and and hearing someone say do you want somebody else to walk her down the aisle you know that is something that that would get the right response whereas if you just do the typical doctor lecture and say well you know you know you really need to start eating right you really need to quit smoking so whenever you want to do change work with somebody you really have to find out what the reason is that they will make that change you know, what is going to cause them to have that wake up call moment is what I like to call it in my ebook, Strive to Thrive, which shameless plug, you can get it on my website, <laughs> Tony W Coaching for free. It's a short book, but it talks about a wake up call moment and you can walk down the negative path or walk down the positive path. And part of the wake up call moment is realizing that if I don't make this change, this is where I'm going to regret it. I think it's important too to meet yourself where you're at. Sometimes you're not ready for that change and you just kind of have to wait for that moment. And that's where I was at. I had a lot of crap growing up from, you know, other adults. My parents were amazing. I felt so loved, but I had a lot, a lot, a lot of teasing. Um, like I had a letter in high school where this group of girls that were supposed to be friends and the letter was quote unquote anonymous. They're like, well, you're a whore. You have fake boobs. No one will actually ever love you. you guys only talk to you for your body. Da, da, da. Um, I've had principals say, um, yeah, you should go to counseling for therapy pretty much because they were too afraid to talk to the parents who were doing the bullying. Um, I've had a principal ask me, well, did you entice him when I was sexually assaulted? So I, I grew up not trusting other adults and then also not trusting people. And like, I was always such a young, bubbly kid, wanted to befriend everyone. And people would always come to me with their problems. And then once they felt better, it's like they'd leave. So I kind of had that aspect going on too. And then when my dad passed when I was 23, and after I just graduated college, it just 
put me down this further spiral. And I was so cynical, had no patience for anyone, saw the worst in people and said the best in people. And I, I wanted to change and I just couldn't for some reason. I tried and tried and tried, but I couldn't. And I think it's because I was more embarrassed of myself and trying to run away from that. And when I really sat down and I did, you know, what I told you, the accept, approve, admire, and I'm like, okay, here are your faults. Where are these faults coming from? You aren't inherently like this. You learned this. And it's a matter of peeling back that layer to get back to who you truly are. Can you learn to accept that you are still lovable right now? Yes, you have done things. You've acted in ways that you're not proud of. It was out of pain. It was out of anger. Can you show yourself some compassion, some forgiveness and realize you're still lovable as you are. And when I learned to do that, the weight just went and I was able to finally make those changes because I wasn't doing it from a place of running away from myself. And so I think that's, that's part of what's um, so powerful. And like my dad passing unexpectedly was absolutely the worst thing to ever happen to me. At the same time, it was let's see, he passed 2014, it was 2018. So like four years later, I remember sitting in my cubicle and I was just like, he knows, he knows there's more to life than this, than, than corporate. And the company he worked for, they had this lovely book with just the nicest things people could ever say. And the fact that he left such an imprint on people and made them feel so good. It's like, yeah, he was great at his job, but these people didn't care how much money he made the company. They cared how he made them feel. And I'm like, fuck, okay. I don't want to be 90 and regret not living a life that I know I'm destined to create. I know I'm destined to travel. I know I'm destined to make an impact on people's life, right? We were talking about intuition before recording this. And I'm like, I need to follow my intuition because if I'm not, I'm not actually living. I am surviving this lifestyle. And I have a shirt of like, stop existing, start living. I also have another one, stop settling, start living. <laughs> and so I realized I was settling and I was just existing. I wasn't actually living in this life and it was time to make changes. And let me tell you, I was pissed because I had gained a lot of weight from all that emotional crap. And I did CrossFit for six months and I ate right. And I did not lose a damn pound, nor did I lose any freaking inches. Okay. I looked the exact same in the mirror, six months, six months of CrossFit and eating Wow. Right. And then I'm um, tired just listening to that. Right. And yo, I, I would go at like five in the morning too, sometimes, which I'm not a morning person either, but I would get my butt out and do it before work. So I, I was pissed and I'm like, why is nothing happening? And then at the beginning of 2018, I started shifting my mindset a little bit. It was before I had that moment in my cubicle, but I started shifting it. And I'm like, something's telling me it's now or never get this shit done, get it on the road or stop complaining because all I was doing was complaining about how shitty I felt about myself, feeling stuck, all this stuff. But for some reason I couldn't shift it. But then it was like, okay, there's a momentum moment here. There is a do or die moment. Let's go hard. So I hired a personal trainer for three months that did start working and I lost like 10 pounds. Right. So I was starting to look better. Um, but I, for three months, I would expect to lose like a little bit more when I tell you that that summer I had quit my job because I went back home um, to spend time with my granddad who had dementia. And the plan was to come back at another job, 
but instead I took a bit of time off and I spent a whole month literally meditating, binge watching anything I could get my hands on of like Tony Robbins, Louise Hay, not Joe Dispenza yet. I listen to him now, but I, I don't think I knew of him back then just yet, but pretty much anything I would type in, you know, how to love yourself, how to have confidence, how to heal this, how to heal that. And I still ate like crap. Okay. Like I would eat a pizza on the beach. I would, you know, drink beers here, like not all the time, but here and there, like I was still drinking. I was still, you know, eating not so great things, fried food and stuff because I wasn't focused on that anymore. I was focused on healing. I lost 10 pounds. I started seeing abs that I never thought I would ever see. And so a lot of personal trainers would be like, um, no, somehow you're still in a calorie deficit. And it's like, um, no, start looking into spirituality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no shame to personal trainers. I absolutely love them, but some are more aware that there's so much more than just calories and calories out. And that's why my program is called weightless warrior, because it's about lifting that energetic gunk off your body. And then it actually starts coming off your body. So whether you want to lose weight or you just want to learn self-love or self-confidence, like that's what weightless warrior is about. So that's, that's pretty much my story in a nutshell and how I transformed. That's pretty amazing. I like the energetic gunk part Mm -hmm. of it because a lot of people, we focus on, yeah, the energetic gunk that we put inside our body, but we don't Mm -hmm. think about the emotional part of it. And until we lift that and until we get rid of that, until we make those changes, you know, it's going to be very difficult. I think that's why most people binge eat because it's, it has to do with their emotions. Eating is very emotional. It's a very emotionally charged activity. You know, we eat to be social. We eat when we're upset. Some people starve themselves, you know, no, I was never like that. You know, I was always eat, 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 you know, whenever you really have to handle that emotional part. And the other thing that uh, I wanted to bring up is you really have to know who you are as a person, who your identity is, and you have to Mm -hmm. be strong in your own identity. And let me tell you a story from my days as an investigator. Oh, I'm excited for this. (laughs) There's, uh, you know, identity theft is something that's out there. And basically what that is, is when you pretend to be somebody else, there's a lot of us out there in the world that are pretending to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell you this little story. And basically uh, there was a young lady who lived down in Florida and she contacted me through our office in uh, Rochester, New York, where, where I live because she had found out and I'm trying to be as, um, ambiguous as possible. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. Because I, because I don't want to give any details away uh, in case any of the parties are, uh, you know, happen to be listening, you know, the names are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty, but she contacted our office and said that somebody is using her identity up in the upstate New York area. To make a long story short, we figured out who this person was and I ended up calling her into my office and having a discussion with the person who had taken this woman's identity. Well, here was the thing. The person whose identity was stolen was a mom and had two kids. And the person who had stolen her identity, 
I don't know if she had any children, but obviously, uh, and the funny part is she was much older. And if you looked at them side by side, you would never think that this person could pass for this person. So when somebody steals your identity, they don't even have to look like you, which is a real scary thing. It's like nobody really looks at those driver's license photos anyway. So I had the woman in Florida, the real person on the phone, on speakerphone, but I told her, be quiet during this interview. I said, I will call on you when it's needed. So she got to hear the whole thing. So I bring this woman in and she sits in front of me and I said, hi. I said, we are just checking a few things. We just need to make sure uh, that everything is cool and copacetic. Uh, we had gotten some things to say that you might not be the person that you claim to be. But I think we can probably clear this up pretty quick. So I try to relax her a little bit, get her in that relaxed state, although she was pretty tense, I could tell. So I started asking the usual questions. What's your full name? What's your date of birth? What are your parents' names? And these are all the things that you can memorize. You know, she spouted out this other woman's social security number, bam, right out just like it was her own because she'd been using it for a couple of years. She'd gotten credit in this woman's name. You know, what are your parents' names? So she had memorized the parents' names that were on the birth certificate because she actually gotten a copy of the other woman's birth certificate. Oh, wow. So she had that information, but she didn't know one thing that I knew. So I said to her, oh, this is great. I said, you know what? I, I think we're pretty much set here. Oh, I just have one more question for you. Kind of like that old Columbo. You remember the old TV show? Uh, there was used to be called Columbo. He was a detective and he used to turn around as he's walking out the door and say, just one more thing. So this was my just one more thing. I said, can you just give me the names and date of birth of both of your children? And she just had this look on her face and I saw all the color kind of come out of her and <laughs> because she could How not, did she not research that. that. <laughs> she, yes, she didn't know. So she says, I can't do that. And I said, excuse me. And I said, well, I don't feel comfortable giving out that information. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to give the information out. You can give out your social, but you can't give out the names and dates. Of right, birth of right, your kids. right. Okay. Exactly. So <laughs> she finally started to, you know, I could see she was visibly upset because she knew that that this is the end of the line here. And I was just smiling and just being polite. And I said, you know what? Let me tell you, I know why you can't give me that information because any mother knows the full name and dates of birth of their children, but you don't because they're not your children. You know why? Because I have the real so-and-so right here on the phone. Say hello. Oh. And the woman in front of me is like pointing to the phone going, she's a liar. She's a fraud. She's a fraud. And, and then she got up and got ready to storm out. And, you know, one of the officers who were nearby just escorted her back to my desk. And we ended up finding out that she had a whole bunch of warrants in her real name. And, and, uh, and she definitely did some time. And I was able to help the woman uh, down in Florida to regain her true identity again. But the point is that whenever you pretend to be somebody else, mm -hmm. whether that's real or figurative, you're not being true to yourself. And whenever you pretend to be somebody else, it's always going to fall flat. You know, you're going to uh, sink like this woman did. So always be true to yourself and always be true to who you are as a person. You got to start with self-love. 
I think, because if you don't love yourself, it's hard. And that's when we pretend to be other people, you know, that we're not. I mean, yeah. when, I'm, when I'm playing guitar up on stage, of course, there are other famous, you know, rock stars over the years that I kind of emulate when I play. It's like a healthy alter ego, though. But yes, that's a healthy thing. One of the things that, that I, I'll teach is, is posture and standing like somebody that you want to be, like uh, who you admire, maybe, but you're not becoming that person. You're still who you are. So identity is so important. And I think when we want to make a comeback, part of that is to be able to stand up and know who you are and know why you're here and know what your purpose is. And people like you and I are out there to help those people to find out their why, find out their purpose, find out mm -hmm all that gunk that's inside of us and get rid of that so that they can truly shine and let their light shine before the world. I love that. I mean, I will say too, like if you have goals and you're like, but I'm just too tired and I just don't have the energy. Well, is it because you're spending that energy trying to people please everyone else? Is it because you're spending that energy constantly in your head, beating yourself down? Do you not have that energy because you're trying to be someone else to be liked? And the thing is, is anyone who you see and you admire them, there's some part of you that resonates with that. So instead of like, what can I do to become more like that? What can you do to get, not get rid of, but like to release the parts of you that don't align with that highest version of yourself? Uh, that's so true. We have to release those parts. Well, this has been an awesome discussion today. I've really enjoyed it. Me too. Uh, and I want to ask if people want to reach out to you, what would be the best way to do that? Um, I would say Instagram is probably easiest because, you know, who's not on Instagram these days? Um, but if you look up Lulu Bella Lifestyle, you know, I have a website, Instagram, Facebook, but I would say go to Instagram at Lulu Bella Lifestyle and just give me a follow, shoot me a DM um, and I'm happy to help. That's great. So it's uh, spell that out. L U. It's, yeah. L U L U B E L L A lifestyle. And Lulu, there's, I, I forget the exact terminology that they use, but there's a part of it where it, like, it means warrior. So weightless warriors, um, something I've trademarked recently. So like, that's the movement I'm trying to create. But when I first started my coaching, I went, okay, what's the company name I could use? And my family, they call me Lulu as well, like Lulu, Lonnie. And I found out then like it, it means warrior. So like beautiful warrior lifestyle, like how, I like how nice is that? <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. 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 I was going to ask where that came from. So you already answered that. So the, <laughs> the last question that I want to ask you today is something that I ask all the guests on the show. And it's simply what does being purposely positive mean to you? Yes. I, I love that question. Um, purposely positive for me again, it goes back to my dad. And if I can live knowing that if at any point I die, if I die today, if I die tomorrow, week from now, years from now, whatever, I can be at peace knowing that I help someone love themselves. I help someone feel confident. I help them feel that they are worthy. I help them feel that they are powerful enough to go after their own dreams. So my thing is you take nothing with you when you go, but you leave everything. So if oh. I can leave people feeling better about themselves, I've left my legacy. People will never remember what you say to them, but they'll always remember how you make them feel. Exactly. I love that. And really, 
when we really make a connection with someone and we can change their life and help them to find their dreams and to come out of their little shell that they're in, be that butterfly that comes out of that cocoon and makes an impact in the world. And I like the way you used legacy too, because I think we all want to leave a legacy. Exactly. I would like to add a disclaimer though. I'm not fucking perfect. And I do have my days where I wake up cranky and I need to start implementing, you know, my own stuff on those days. So please don't think that anyone has it all together. We all have our days, but that is how I try to live every day. I'm glad you pointed that out because (laughs) I'm I'm this the same way. Lonnie, this has been great. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. So as you mentioned, just like a moment ago, you talked about butterflies. And I think some people are visual, right? Um, Some people are more into feeling and we all learn in different ways. But I think one thing that a lot of people can resonate with is remember when you're trying to come out of your cocoon, right? That process, it's not pretty and it's messy, but something beautiful emerges out of it. And the butterfly cannot see their own wings yet they still trust themselves to fly. And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the purposely positive podcast brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. And you may be out there and you may be stuck in that cocoon of life trying to get out. And if you need help, Come to TonyWCoaching.com and download my free ebook, Strive to Thrive, and that will help you to soar.